This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Talking Halos, guys. This is Jared Timms, and I have a special guest today. A uh, good friend of mine. You know, he's you know been an Angels guy for a while. We we've been going to games together forever and ever. Oh, like ten years now. We've been going to games, uh, and and that's Brent McGuire. Brent, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be making my Talking Halos debut. This is this is gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, I mean, fantastic. I mean. I don't know. A lot of people may or you know may not know me and Brent. We had we started our own podcast probably what, three years ago, and you know we kept it going for a while. We had probably upwards, I think, of close to a hundred episodes and such of just talking baseball, and we, you know, we we loved it. We loved to do it, and Brent knows a lot about it. And he was with the Giants last year, and um, in a, a media relations role, and he you know loved it, and I enjoyed seeing all his Snapchats of everybody that he got to meet and all the, the fun stuff that he got to do. So, you know, that's uh, always always amazing to be with, with a major league organization. And, you know, Brent, Brent's been there, you know. So, um, Brent, let's, before we go anywhere with this, um, give us your Twitter handle of where we can follow you. Yep, you can follow me at bmags94. Go follow him. He has great content. Brent knows so much about the game and you know, loves the game and, gives a different perspective than what most people think of which is amazing for for everybody so um guys we have a great show planned for today you know we're going to talk about um the trade that never was i think you know a lot of fans are pretty upset about that and then we're also going to talk about this this new playoff system that i guess kind of was proposed today or kind of was brought to the public today by joel sherman of the new york post and we're, we're going to give our you know, two cents about that, and it's it's kind of crazy how that's going to be working. But um, but first, guys, before we do anything, uh, we're still fairly new here at Talking Halos, and we're you know going a lot better than what we anticipated, and we appreciate 
everything that you guys have done for us. Um, so if you guys could, if you haven't already, go on to Apple, um, go on to Apple Play or whatever it is, and or iTunes, sorry, go on to iTunes and give us a five star review. You know, let us know how we're doing. Uh, if it's not a five star review, you know, so be it. But if you do give us a five star review, and this is the great thing about it, and you take a picture, email us, tweet us, whatever, and Derek sees it, and or I see it, or anybody sees it, you're entered to win opening or home opener tickets against the Houston Astros. So you can go boo them. I guess if you want to technically go boo Artie, you can go do that as well now. But yes, if you can do if you do that five star review, send it to us at talkinghalos at gmail.com. You are entered to win opening day, well, I guess, home opener tickets against the Houston Astros. And that's fantastic. Brent, I don't know if you're technically able to do that anymore since you're now a guest, but you can, I guess, go give us a five-star um, review and be entered to win. I don't know. Brent, I'm just trying to plug you and trying to give you a good, you know, go give us a review. <laughs> so. Yeah, I got you guys. I'll go do that right more down here. And, of course, guys, if you need anything else uh you can always email us you know have any questions want to you know address a topic anything like that um you can email us at talkinghalos.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453 so first guys let's talk about this whole i don't even know what to make of this what what happened you know it was at one point it was you know, it's a three-team trade, and the Angels now are getting Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling and a prospect that's probably going to be a top five to top ten guy in the Angel system. So now everybody is just livid and upset, and, you know, I totally understand it. I get it, you know, and it's 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 an unfortunate situation that's happening, and I actually, I'll start with Brent first. I want to know what his reactions are to this this whole Jock Peterson, Ross Stripling situation that's going on, and you know, I just I just want to hear Brent's two cents on this. Yeah, so I've been pretty vocal about this on social media, and it sucks. You look at the Angels rosters that are currently constructed right now, and you can see the makings of a team that makes the playoffs. Like there's no doubt in my mind that they could be playing in October this year. But at the same time, there's a lot of competition in that general area that the angels are at right now. And adding two players of Peterson and Stripling's caliber would have been huge. You're talking about adding three to five wins, give or take somewhere in that range to the 2020 team. And that could have been literally the difference between them making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. And, you know, it's tough. Like, we don't have all the details on this other than some of the kind of basic stuff that has been reported. So we can't fully blast the team. But at the same time, it's just, it's hard. You know, you're so close to putting together this really competitive team that could make a run, not just at the wild card, but potentially division if they were able to pull this trade off. And I understand the fan sentiment. It's just been... It was a rough decade. It's been a long time since the Angels have made, you know, made the playoffs, won a playoff game, and to not put themselves in a stronger position to do so in 2020 is, you know, it's disappointing. Uh, I totally agree. It's it, it's it's rough what what happened, and you know, I don't well, I don't think we're ever going to figure out what fully happened, unfortunately. And there's only going to be a couple people that will ever know what 
what fully happened, whether it was Artie that took it off, or in my opinion, I mean, I've, I looked at this trade and I said, wow, this trade is almost too good to be true. You know, and, it, and in a sense it was. I mean, you're giving up Luis Renifo, who's, you know, could be a starter at the major league level at some point. You know, he could, you know, on some teams probably be a nice a nice piece to have off the bench or something along the lines of that. Good defender with speed. Um, I've said it before, he's probably going to hit maybe league average, maybe slightly above league average if everything pans out for him. You know, it's it's going to steal your bases if he's used right. I know the Angels haven't really used him into his full value yet, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully we see that next year if he's still with the Angels. And uh, that was actually really the only piece that we really kind of knew. I mean, we heard some stuff about a Taylor Ward possibly going over or Gareth Morgan or somebody not in the top five or, heck, maybe not even in the top ten. And for for me, that's almost too good to be true, you know? And I, I don't know how – I don't – know how far the trade really ever was to actually happening or I mean I know there were reports out saying that it was almost a done deal but man I mean it was it was almost too good to be true it felt like and you said it perfectly I mean you're you're adding Jock Peterson who's gonna you know platoon for you in a sense right be your right fielder maybe be your left fielder I think he might have played some center field at some point he's a first baseman as well so I mean that that's it's rough to it's rough to lose that, you know, pretty pretty rough. And then for me, Ross Stripling, it is it is what it is, you know. Ross Stripling has dropped over a mile an hour each of the last three years on his fastball, you know. So it's one of those, you know, was what would he have been this year? Eighty seven to eighty nine with a really good curveball, and you know, I don't know how well does that play anywhere but the Dodgers. I mean, Dodgers get so much out of their players, and we've. I me and Brent, you know, mess were talking about this, and I don't know if it was joking or not, but I mean, they we said that you know if Taylor Ward goes to the Dodgers, he could be the next four win Justin Turner type of guy, you know, and it's just one of those things where the Dodgers do a great job of producing players and all, everything that they do. It's I, I, for me, it was almost too good to be true. You know, so I, I don't know. Bro, do you think it was too good to be true for something like this? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the perfect way to describe how I felt when it first got reported. I was just waiting for that big prospect, you know, to be included from the angel side. And from everything that we heard, that was never going to happen. So, again, we don't have all the details, but it's really hard to fathom that the angels weren't able to make this work. Is like, even if you're including another high-end prospect that isn't uh, you know, Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh, you still pull the trigger on that trade. I mean, you're looking at, like you said, Jock Peterson's been pretty a steady three-win player every year in the major leagues. Ross Stripling has been pretty darn good in a limited role with the Dodgers. I mean, it was almost too good to be true, and it's just, it feels so weird. Again, I don't think we're going to get all the details kind of like you were alluding to, but just based on everything we have it's just it's tough it's tough to swallow that they couldn't make this trade work i just don't know how this didn't end up going through yeah you know it's i mean for all we know we're we're doing this on monday night right now and you know anything could happen within the next 
you know, day or so that this podcast comes out and, you know, <laughs> this podcast could almost be irrelevant, like almost like our last podcast was. I know, Brent, you weren't on it, but, you know, we were talking about how this trade, you know, is almost certain to go through now. And we we talked about how, you know, this, this affects this team and, and everything like that. And it wasn't even a thought in our minds thinking like, oh, you know, this trade's not going to go through ever. You know, it was, it was a uh, man, I mean, Ross Stripling's a nice piece to add and, you know, whether it's a starter or a reliever and Jock Peterson's a nice piece to add and they add um, Andy Pajes, I think is how you say his name, and that's a nice piece to add. And for me, I don't know if I necessarily, I mean, I, I do believe that Hardy was upset, you know, and there is strong reason to believe that. And I don't under, I don't think I really understand why he was upset, you know, I mean, you're basically I don't want to call it stealing but you're you're really you're pulling off a heist on the Dodgers almost with this trade you know and it, it, it I don't know why Artie would be upset that it was taking so long unless somehow the Dodgers were like oh all of a sudden Artie's upset I wonder maybe we should look into this a little bit more and see maybe we're trading too much away for nothing you know I mean I, I just I don't know why Artie was upset about the whole situation or would even pull this off. I think that maybe in a sense, I think the Dodgers might have been somewhat to blame as well. I don't know. You think think the Dodgers were a little bit to blame, Brent? See, that's the tricky part of this whole situation. The only thing that we have that is concrete and objective is the fact that Artie pulled out of the trade. Uh, Billy Epler came out and had a pretty vague and – not great quote today talking about the situation. So all we have to go on right now is Artie Moreno pulled out and then the Dodgers weren't interested in engaging in talks again. So that's all we have. And that might be all we ever have to talk about. So from that sense, it's just not, it's not satisfying. It's not a good enough reason to, to uh, talk about this trade that didn't go through. So, I think that's where a lot of the frustration is coming in regards to this trade. It's just we've seen Artie Moreno has gotten involved with player personnel moves in the past, and some of them have been good. I mean, he was a big part of getting Anthony Rendon to come to the Angels, and you have to give him credit for those cases. But at the same time, I mean, he's you know he's the owner of the team, but he's got people involved to make these decisions for him. That's why you have Billy Epler and this whole baseball front office like in place. So I guess I'm rambling a little bit here, but it's just a little disappointing that not only did this trade not happen, but we aren't even really going to get a full explanation for why it didn't go through. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the most disappointing thing. And I think I, I can probably end this conversation here in a sense and, and kind of maybe shed, I don't know if I'm going to shed a little light. People are going to be upset with me saying this, and I, I, I sent it to you as well, and it, it was a tough thing for me to learn and understand, in a sense, but Artie's the boss. You know, he's he's the guy who, you know, he's the owner. Like, I don't think people quite understand that, and I, and I know people want him, after this especially, sell the team, you know, change the name back to the Angels. And, you know, there's a lot of things that Artie's done bad, you know, um, but at the end of the day, you also have to remain, remember this is a business. And while I don't understand how this move doesn't help your business out in some way or another, and we'll never figure this, we'll never figure this out. Artie just didn't want it. You know, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. You know, when I, I said that on a tweet, I don't know. 
you know, and I don't think we, we've said this enough and I don't think we're ever going to understand that what, what happened. And I don't think we'll ever really know. And I think there's only gonna be a couple people that do know, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, Artie's the boss Artie gets what he wants. And that's just the way it's going to go, whether we like it or not. But you also have to remember, and I don't know if this is kind of up to Billy Epler. I don't know if this is Artie. You also have to please the fans as well. And pleasing the fans, you need to put a winning team on, on the field eventually. And I'm really hoping that that happens very, very soon because, you know, I mean, you really got to please the fans eventually. And it, it's, it, it's an unfortunate situation, kind of what's going on right here. But it is what it is. You know, we got it. We have to kind of move on. And pitchers and catchers report tomorrow, which is amazing. You know, I, I Brent, how 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 long do you spend scrolling through Twitter looking at you know pitchers throwing bullpens today and everything? Uh, honestly, a lot of my time today has been spent looking at all this other stuff that's been going on, uh, the playoff formats, the trade falling through, all that kind of stuff. But I am getting excited for pitchers and catchers reporting. I think. Baseball really needs to put this offseason behind them. There has been just so much stuff happening, a lot of negative stuff. And just playing actual games sounds amazing right now. Instead of talking about all of this terrible stuff that has been (laughs) happening to the game of baseball, I'm excited for pitchers and catchers reporting. I'm excited for spring training games starting here in the next couple weeks. I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, super excited. Actually, you bring up a kind of a, a good point. I don't, I don't think I was even really thinking about talking about this or anything like that. But has baseball ever had an off season like this before? I mean, we know. I mean, the NBA has off seasons like this, and the NFL has off seasons like this, and things like that in nature. But you know, I don't think the MLB has ever had an off season like this where I feel like almost every day something new came out. I mean. It, felt, it feels like just yesterday the winter meetings were here and we were waiting on uh, Garrett Cole and Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg to sign. And then Astros stuff came out and we had a month full of that and we're still having that. And that news is going to continue to come as Astros players report to camp and are going to continue to apologize, hopefully. And I think that's what's around the corner here within the next week. But I don't know. Do you remember a baseball offseason like this? I mean, I know we've only been around for so long, and this is probably a good question to ask Derek or John, who've been around the game, quite frankly, a little longer than us. But I, I can't remember something of this magnitude, like an offseason like this happening ever in baseball. I mean, can you think of anything? I mean, the first thing that came to mind was the strike season of 94 and all of that chaos with the CBA and the players and the owners. So that off season between 93 and 94 is definitely something that and going into to 95 too. That was a, that was a crazy time. And then maybe with all the steroid stuff happening, you know, 15 years ago or so, that's, that's the only thing that comes to mind. I mean, it's not like everything was bad this off season. You know, we saw more, uh, more players were signing bigger contracts. The free agency, you know, was moving quicker than it has in the past. So there were some positives, but then you add in all the Astros stuff and the Red Sox stuff, and you know, it's uh, there's, there's been a lot happening. There's been a lot happening. Now, would we call this? You know, is this a fun off season in a sense? I don't know. I mean, like, 
I know NFL, I feel like the NFL has an offseason like this every year where they reveal something new happen, you know, and they're going to continue, they're going to have another one like this with all the Brady saga and everything that's going to go on this offseason. And by the way, I hopefully Derek listens to this. Brent is a Patriots fan. He loves Tom Brady. Just end a story there. I always begin every, almost every podcast with Tom Brady talk because I too like Tom Brady. Brent, I think you might be learning this for the first time, but yes, big Tom Brady fan here. But back to baseball. Um, I can't, you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I do you like an off season like this, Brent. I mean, that, I guess my next question. So, I'll try to keep this short. I think it's been an entertaining off season as far as us being able to talk about the sport of baseball. So, from that sense, there's been a lot of good content and a lot of things to talk about. So, that part has been nice. I don't think it's great that we've had to talk so much about teams that have cheated to help get themselves to the World Series, like. Yeah, it was fun seeing all of this stuff about the Astros and like people like John Boy, you know, putting together these cool videos to see what happened. But the fact that we're doing that in the first place just sucks. I mean, the Astros were they were a fun story. I know they're in the Angels division, but it was fun to see a team that, you know, came from the absolute bottom and then ended by winning the World Series. And now instead of talking about this great story, we're talking about how they cheated to get there and that part sucks, you know? I've enjoyed all the transactions. I've enjoyed all the players that have gotten the, you know, contracts they deserve, but I don't know if I've necessarily enjoyed seeing all of the scandals and two of the better better managers that we thought um, before all the stuff came out getting fired. It's, I don't know, Jared, how do you, how do you feel about it? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, for an, from an Angels standpoint, I still think this has been a great offseason, you know? If, I mean, when you're looking at Angels baseball, I'm, I like it because I want baseball year round, you know, and I, I start missing it once the world series is like a day after, man, it's like, what do I do without baseball? You know, but I get where you're coming from. I I don't, I don't like talk. Like I hate the fact that this is now the Astros thing is now a thing. You know, I don't like, I don't like having to talk about that. I don't like having that on baseball, you know, like I'm fine with in a sense, I'm fine with steroids being a part of baseball just because I personally believe that steroids saved baseball. You know, without steroids, without McGuire, without Sosa, without Bonds, I don't know where we're at with baseball. I mean, we could be talking like, we could be talking like Mike Trout might be playing in the NHL for all we know, you know? Like, it, it, it could be something crazy like that. I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that I don't care as much about, that I don't care about steroids. I just, you know, I think that steroids save baseball. And in a sense, I don't know where I'm going with this. I do, but I don't. But back to what we were originally saying, I I kind of like it just because I don't, I don't, you know, want baseball ever to end. I want to continuously have baseball. Like, if we could play baseball 365 days a year without players complaining and without lawsuits happening about players, you know, playing too many games and such like that. I'd be perfectly fine with it. And I think I would never get bored with it. Like I would, I would absolutely love it, you know, but obviously we can't do that and there needs to be an off season and we have to watch Australian baseball and um, Arizona fall league and the Dominican leagues. And I think next year the world baseball classic rolls around. So that's a good thing to have as well, you know, but in, in a sense, I'm, I'm okay with an off season like this, though. I hate the reputation that it's given baseball, you know? Um, so yeah, just to add on to what you're saying, uh, if you're 
if you're a fan of this offseason, then you're going to love next, not next offseason, but the one after when the CBA expires. Because it's going to be an offseason full of drama and all of us freaking the heck out about whether baseball is going to be played or not in 2022. So if you've liked this offseason, just wait until we get that 2021 offseason. Oh, I'm I'm super stoked for that, Brent. Super excited. You know, it sounds like a lot of fun. No baseball. We're all not going to be freaking out or anything. It's fine. We're <laughs> we're good over here. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a th- trying to think of a gift that I could slightly or play in my head right now, saying that I'm okay, but I can't think of any. But I mean, the, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah the, the dog burnt. Yes, and he's burning. Or the community. Around. Yeah, yes. or the community when Donald Glover runs into the <laughs> office with the. Um, with the pizza and it's all on fire. Yep. Those are the those come to mind for sure. Yes, of course. So, guys, on to our last topic here today. And Brent knows a little bit more about this than I do. I mean, I was kind of working all day and didn't really see it that much. But Joel Sherman of the New York Post reported today that in 2022, um, funny that we we're actually talking about that, um, or as early as 2022, the MLB playoffs could change, you know, whereas right now it is, you know, we have a wild card game and we have the first round is best of five and the second round is best of seven and we have the World Series and all that fun stuff. And that's great, right, Brent? Don't you, I think it's great what we have going on right now. I I think it's awesome. So just the changes that are being made are fairly drastic they're talking about moving from five to seven playoff teams and then they're doing this whole uh the top team in each league gets a gets a bye and they don't have to play in the wild card round and then the rest of the teams play in these best of three series but that's not the i don't think that's the part that's infuriating most fans i think the part that bugs people is according to joel sherman's piece the division winner or the the top team from each league can pick who they want to play in their first playoff matchup. And that is – actually, sorry, let me rephrase that. The team with the second-best record gets the pick of their, the lowest wildcard teams. So, so basically, if you're finishing second in your league, you get to decide who you want to play in the playoffs. And I think that's where people are like, okay, this might be this might be going a bit too far. Jared, how, how does that sound to you? I don't know about that at all. The – um, Jersey Shore of MLB. I mean, it just doesn't sound fun to me. I trying to make a little joke there on reality TV, and you know, MLB is going to turn into reality TV, and we're going to start watching Hard Knocks in MLB. I don't know what it would co- be called, but actually, I think I might be okay with seeing like a Hard Knocks MLB type of thing. It'd be kind of fun, but um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. I, I. I do like the idea of having, you know, in a, in a sense, kind of how the NBA does it or the NHL does it where eight teams in each league kind of go and play against each other. I don't know if I necessarily like everything else with it, you know, and if you do add, you know, five to seven playoff teams or, you know, eight teams from each league get in type of thing, I don't... I don't know if I like, you know, like the first round buy like the NFL does. I think that, you know, everybody should have to play everybody. That's what makes it fun, you know? I think that everybody should have to play everybody. And I don't, I think one seed should play an eight seed, you know, and two should, 
should the games should should the series be shortened? Absolutely. I think that the first round can be best of three. Second round could be best of three. And then you go to a best of seven, best of seven series, and then you're in the World Series. I think that's a good idea. But I don't think that you can continue to go best of seven, best of seven, best of seven, best of seven. I don't, I don't like that. I, I think that you can shorten series up dramatically if you're going to add teams into it. And I think that it helps baseball in a sense, expand because if you're adding more playoff teams, that means you can add more major league teams in as well. That's that. That's I think where we're going to this because there's so much good talent out there. I mean, you look at the players that are still free agents. And I'm gonna take turn it, take a right hand turn here. You take you can you can take out the free agents that are out there and make a whole new team with them, and they could probably more than likely compete out there. I think. Um, Back onto the playoffs, though, I don't necessarily not like it. I don't like it. I mean, it's change, and I think that with baseball, we're not fans of change at all. You know, I know, Brent, you like change, and especially if it's towards the good. And if it is towards the good, I'm cool with it as well. But I don't know if I necessarily like this type of change. Yeah, so I've been trying to put together some pros and cons because this just came out. You know, a couple hours ago, I'm still trying to kind of just debrief the whole thing and figure out what, you know, what are the good parts, what are the bad parts. And when I'm looking at the pros, I think the most obvious thing is they're trying to get more general fans interested in sports. So they're trying to get people who aren't fully obsessed with baseball paying attention to the sport. I mean, like you said, it's a reality TV show set up. They're trying to get more kids and a wider audience involved. And then they can make more money from this. If they have more playoff teams, more games, that's more money that baseball is bringing in. But I do think there's an area that is beneficial, and I think there's more incentive to compete. If there's an extra two playoff teams in each league, all of a sudden, if you're a 77-win team and you haven't made the playoffs in you know 10 years or whatever, you've got the incentive to try to go win that. You can go add a couple pieces, and maybe 83 to 85 wins is enough to get you into the playoffs. And Quite frankly, that's good for baseball. I think the incentive to to not tank is better for the overall health of the sport. So from that perspective, I get it. And I think that's a good part. But I'm just looking at some of the negatives and it's like, why do we want to change something that has been working? You know, especially since the two wild cards uh, came implemented. You know, you're pissing off your current fans. The system is just really chaotic. And then the whole reality tv show aspect of it is just it feels like it's a bit too much it doesn't feel authentic i know that was a lot to throw at you jared do you have any thoughts on any of that stuff i just said i i agree you know like i said before i think i'm kind of down to watch i don't know what what do we call hard knocks for baseball oh man that's that's really put me on the spot i I got nothing. Hard, I don't know. But I think it would be really cool to see that. I think that baseball could completely expand its horizons. Instead of playing replays of Old World Series, which I love watching them, it's fantastic. On MLB Network, you could watch Hard Knocks MLB, you know? You could, I, I, you know, I love watching the mic'd up stuff. You know, I think that players should be mic'd up more. I love the fact that next season, and I don't think we've talked about this here, I love the fact that next season... And umpires are going to be mic'd up in Major League Baseball. I love that. I think that's fantastic. I think we need to be interactive in the game so much more. And that's what I think of when I'm 
writing as well. I think how can I get fans more interact in, in into a game? You know, if how how are people gonna you know view this more? And if players want to see what type of equipment players or fans want to see what type of equipment players are using, or fans want to see the background stuff that happens inside a locker room, and a lot of stuff fans don't want to see. And I understand that, and you, I trust me, it's there's a lot of things that don't need to be shown, but. I think that if you can get fans more into a game, and I think that that's the whole point of it, 100% do it. You know, I think that's that's going to be your best market to everything. And I, I don't, if you can get fans into it more, it's it's a fantastic thing to do, and you should do it a lot more often. Um, with that being said, I think there are different things that they should do before trying to fix a playoff thing, anything with the playoffs. You know, there's there's a whole list of things that they could do, and I was it you that listed it off? It might have been somebody else, but there's a whole list of things that MLB should do before trying to fix any type of playoffs or anything like that. Yeah, and just to touch on that, I mean, I agree that baseball is not perfect, and there are plenty of changes that I would like to be seen for the game, and I I understand the sentiment to try to get more fans watching the sport. I mean. From our perspective, we think the game is great because we're baseball fans, but it's like you said earlier, this is a business, and the goal is to try to get as many people watching as possible. And based on what we're seeing, there aren't as many people watching compared to other major sports. So I get that, but there there's a fine line. You've got to try to not alienate the current fans that you have, but you also want to try to bring in more fans. So it's it's a hard job. Like. Rob Manfred is in one of the toughest positions and you know, that anybody can ask for it. I mean, it's just a tough, it's a tough spot. Oh, he's in an extremely tough spot, especially with everything going on right now. And you have to tip the cap to what Rob Manfred did, but sometimes less is more in a sense. I don't know. That, oh yeah. Less totally is more agree. I don't sure, want right? to, I don't want to sound like I'm a Rob Manfred defender. I have disagreed with a ton of things that he's done. I'm just saying that there is a general desire to try try to spread the game out more, and I I understand some of the moves. I just think some of these options are a little a little extreme. Of course, of course, of course. Well, you know, I think that's going to kind of wrap it up today. I don't know, Brent. You have anything else? You know, I I'll, I have a couple questions. I think we can ask about the Angels here in a second. But you have anything else on these two topics that you want to you know add on to or anything like that? I do want to just comment on the trade that actually did go through, the Monkey Betts trade, just real quick, and maybe we can have a little dialogue. Uh, the Dodgers are really good. This is it, this has got to be the year that they would. I mean, that team is unbelievably good. So the Dodgers did really well. I think Minnesota added a nice piece in Kenta Maeda. And the Red Sox, I don't know. We That's for another episode, but I just don't agree with the – the direction to trade the second best player in baseball in what was basically a, a salary dump. So just want to get those thoughts out there. We can go back to angels talk now. No, no, no. I, I think we can talk about, I, I, I personally would like to talk about the Dodgers a little bit because us as angels fans can't ignore the Dodgers, unfortunately. And I, people are going to might turn it off at this point and say, you know, oh, they're going to talk about the Dodgers, whatever. I think the Dodgers are doing a fantastic thing, and I think it's something that they should have done a while ago. I mean, they've won what eight straight eight, um, NL West titles and not won a World Series. Not even 
Okay, and not even won a World Series. You know, it, it's it's unfortunate. And we talked about this on our podcast when we had it going. They needed to do something. You know, they went all. They're they're starting to go all in, which is a fantastic thing to see. And it'll be interesting to see if the Dodgers try to re-sign Mookie too. You know, or extend him. I guess at this point, you know, I'm 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 not against that. You know, West Coast, Best Coast. You have Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Anthony Rendon. Um, Manny Machado down south a little bit. The Padres are going to be great here real soon. Uh, you have the Dodgers with Mookie and Bellinger and Kershaw and Bueller. And you go up north a little bit more and you go to Oakland and they've been in the playoffs the last two years. And San Francisco is rebuilding, but they have a lot of interesting pieces going on there. And they might be a little bit old, but you know there's still something there. And you know if you want to go up to Seattle, they have one of the better farm systems in baseball. So, I mean, to bring it kind of all back to baseball in general, West Coast, Best Coast, you know, I mean, forget the East Coast at this point. I mean, the East Coast is great and everything like that. And the Centrals, both divisions in the Central is going to be great. But West Coast, Best Coast at this point, you have the best players in baseball. I mean, you have probably half of the best players in baseball playing here out West, and it's it's so much fun to see that right now. Yep, you summed it up well. I'm I'm looking forward to watching all these good players play on the West Coast and just having that ability to go to go see uh, a Mike Trout, a Mookie Betts, a Cody Bellinger. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Of course, of course. All right, so back to Angels baseball real quick, and this has kind of actually been a shorter podcast here, and it's been I guess kind of nice. But Brent, let's I guess I'll, I'll give three questions, and I'm just gonna make it up as I go along here. I don't even have three questions in my head. First question: How many wins? do the angels have this year uh second question are the angels going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline and the third question how many home runs does mike trout hit oh the wins question is always tough um you know when that trade went down i was really seeing them winning like 90 to 92 games Right now, I I think they're close enough where they're going to compete, but uh, I'm going to go with 85 as they currently stand. Right, I, I I can see that. I can see that. I, I give them 80, 85 to 90. You know, I mean, if all things go well, they're slightly above a 90 win team. I mean, if everything goes perfectly and everybody's healthy, and Shohei Ohtani is amazing on the mound, and Dylan Bundy is a four win pitcher, and Andrew Heaney stays healthy and is a three to four win pitcher and you know everything goes right they could win 95 games and I couldn't I I wouldn't be surprised at all like we can go back on we we could be in October right now or when if you listen to this in October not saying that anybody will and be like wow you know the Angels were probably pretty close to a 95 win team and also then again it wouldn't surprise me if they were an 85 win team or uh, a 500 team you know if things go bad like it did last year so I mean I think 85 to 90 is a fair guesstimation, I guess, in a sense. Next yeah, question. Sorry. No, you're good. Touch, on that really quick. touch it. Uh, the pitching, I feel, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the rotation. I, on paper and based on the projections, I think there is some promise there, but I think we've just been burned too many times by trusting an Angels rotation in the past, and that gives me some pause for concern. So I think. Right now, I think there's just too much margin for error where they could 
possibly sink because of the pitching again. But I do acknowledge that they're interesting enough where things could work out, and if their pitching is just like average this year, this team could be really good. I totally agree, I and mean, that's what you're hoping for right now is just give give yourself a league average pitching staff and an okay bullpen and let the offense do their thing, and you never know. Next question, are they buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? I think this is pretty easy. I think they're going to be buying, but I don't know what kind of buying that's going to be because if they're close enough, if they're you know within a game or two of a wild card spot or you know hopefully a division spot, then you go make a move for this year and you make you kind of go all in in some sort of sense but if they're kind of like where they were last year where they were like okay like we're kind of within range we're like five games out four games out like we feel like we're close enough i think they're going to go sign or not sign trade for uh someone who has club control whether that's a jonathan gray or a matthew boyd someone like that so i do think they're going to be buying i can't really envision a scenario where they're selling a lot but it could happen let's just hope that's not the case i mean for all intents and purposes the angels were buyers last year they just bought max stassi i mean technically right they they went and they traded for a major leaguer so they were technically buyers last year yes that's coming from max stassi's biggest fan okay let's be fair here max stassi is a great defensive catcher and that's what we look for in catching come on Jared, you love Max Stassi more than Max Stassi's family loves Max. You know Stassi. how many followers you're gonna. You, you know how many followers you're gonna <laughs> pick up for this. I hope you understand that. Like, I don't think you're ready for the amount of followers you're gonna pick up for this. And oh, I, I'm so ready. I, I, it's, also, it's no, I, I, I'm just giving you a hard time. I, I actually do like Stassi as a backup. I seriously, I have no problem with him. I just, I just had to give you a little crap for it. <laughs> I know. I understand that. I get a lot of it for the Max Stassi, and I, I like him. I think he's a good. I think he's a great defender. I don't know how well the bat plays. Um, if he's a 220 hitter, it's a success this year. I think his best attribute is defensively. Um, in the story there. Last question: How many home runs does Mike Trout hit? This is a. I like this question. So he hit 45 last year, and that was while missing 28 games. So if the ball is juiced again, which we don't know if it's going to be juiced, I think he can easily hit that number again. But like. I, I think there's a chance he can hit 50 this year. I'm not going to project that. I'll go with, let's go 40, 43. But that's a little more conservative. And if the baseball is juiced and Mike Trout stays healthy, I can totally see him hitting 50-plus home runs this year. I'm with you on that. I, I could totally see it too. Um, it all depends about how many he has going into September. Because I feel like once Mike Trout hits September – he doesn't decline, just the home run numbers go away. Though it'll be interesting to see what he gets with the protection that he has around him now. With Rendon, you know, and all that. He's going to get, does he get, I don't know, I don't even know, does he get more or less pitches to hit? You know, I mean, would you rather face Trout or would you rather face Rendon? I mean, it's a good problem for the Angels to have. And I wouldn't be upset if Mike Trout hit 35 home runs or 30 home runs but had a 475 on base percentage or something ridiculous like that just because he got walked so much it's not a i'm not i would never be upset about that but i mean he hit what do we you said he hit 45 and missed 27 games so i mean 43 42 41 home runs is makes sense but i mean if mike trout is 
Mike Trout and he does godly things. I mean, 50-55, I mean, dare I say, a 60 home run year for Mike Trout. And, I mean, that's that's pushing it, of course. But if all things go right and the Angels are playing well, why not hit 60 home runs? You know, I mean, who knows? Like, it, it, Mike Trout is just unbelievable. And I love finishing up talking about Mike Trout just because he is so good. Yeah, that's actually, you brought up a good point about the protection in the lineup. And it's, we're not sure how much lineup protection matters in the grand scheme of things, but the fact that he's going to have Anthony Rendon and Shohei Otani behind him certainly means that Mike Trout's going to, he's going to have to face more pitches this year, right? Like, he's not going to get intentionally walked as much. I mean, if so, he's been getting intentionally walked, you know, roughly 15 to 20 times a year. If that number drops to five, well, that's 10 more at bats that he has a chance to, to hit a home run. So if he's not walking, you know, 20% of the time, that's more like 15% of the time, that's a lot of opportunities to hit more home runs. So if he stays healthy, I think 50 can definitely happen. Actually, since I, I guess I guess I have a couple more minutes, I'll, I'll ask you one more thing because I just thought about this in my head. Does Mike Trout swing into three zero pitch this year? Hasn't no, done hasn't done it since two thousand fifteen. So. I don't think. I think that's when it was. Two thousand fifteen was the last time he swung into three zero pitch. I don't. I don't think so. Especially <laughs> for the reasons that we just brought up, because he knows who's going to be behind him in the lineup this year. I don't think he's going to feel like he has the incentive, just knowing if he takes a walk that Anthony Rendon or Shohei Otani or Justin Upton or Joe Adele, whoever's behind him, is going to be able to try to drive him in. I don't know if there's ever, I don't know if there's like any record of it, but I wonder who's gone the longest time without swinging at a certain pitch. Like Mike Trout hasn't swung at a three zero pitch since 2015, I think it was maybe maybe earlier, 2016, 2017. But it's been a while since he swung at a three zero pitch. I wonder if anything is like I'm sure somebody has looked it up before, but it's got to be some type of record, right? I think. Oh yeah, like it's. <laughs> I mean, credit to him. It's it's Mike freaking Trout. He knows what he's doing, but I mean he's uh. He's stubborn when it comes to that three open. He does not let it lose very often. So it'd be cool to see it more often, if I'm going to be totally honest. But, you know, you got to trust what Mike Trout's doing. Of course, of course. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging in there with us and letting us talk all this baseball stuff. Um, Brent, thank you for coming on. You know, I, I kind of – I almost kind of lost my train of thought because, I mean, talking with you or just talking on podcasts in general – about this stuff it, it, uh, I get super passionate about it and I just feel like I'm randomly talking on the phone with somebody about this so you know thank you for coming on Brent give us where you, we can find you on uh, Twitter and you know I know you write a little bit can we find any of your writing anywhere yeah of course so you can find me at bmags94 on Twitter and currently I'm kind of a free agent in limbo but I've been posting on my personal blog from time to time so if you just follow me on Twitter you'll be able to kind of keep up with what i'm writing awesome thanks brent yeah just go ahead and go follow brent great follow like i said uh he writes great stuff he's been all over the place he's been with the athletic he's been he he was one of the original members of the athletic i think he was on there before ken rosenthal just kidding i don't know um but (laughs) yeah brent thank you for coming on it was fantastic uh guys thank you for listening here to another episode of talking halos um, hopefully we'll be back very soon, hopefully with good news about trades, hopefully with good news about baseball, you know, being back, hopefully before spring training games start, we'll be back on talking about this. So guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in.
The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the make? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the make? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.